You're listening to The Recovered Life Show, the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives. And here is your host, Damon Frank. And welcome back to The Recovered Life Show. Uh, I am so pleased to be with Anaz Bilal today, who's joining us, recovery coach uh, for Recovered Life. Welcome to the show, Anaz. Thank you, Damon. It's good to see you. You know what? I first met you on Clubhouse in one of our Clubhouse rooms, and you always have something very interesting to say. It's always very impactful. So I want to have you on the show to talk about really the power of self-reflection. We were talking offline about how important it is to have self-reflection and recovery, being able to you know, look back on yourself with some objectivity to be able to say, yeah. you know, what's happened in my life last year? What's going on this year? Everybody's talking about, you know, the beginning of 2023. So I wanted to kind of bring this topic up with the, with you, see what you have to say. I know you've had an amazing life in recovery and you use the power of self-reflection, correct? Right. Yeah. So I believe that self-reflection is very important, especially when we have these milestones come in like the new years, you know, um, and to reflect back on how far you've come. Because if you don't see my feelings is that if you don't see the progress from how far you come, the journey becomes a little harder, you know, because the hope is in the beginning, you know, when you can reflect and say, okay, so maybe last year I was struggling in um, this certain area in my life. And now here we go in 2023. At the end of 2022, I see the progress that I've made, you know, from the struggles that I've overcome, you know, so I think that is real important. Self-reflection is very important. It's like a self-inventory. It's like a self-inventory, you know, taking your inventory, seeing, working out the challenges. What are some of the things that were challenging um, for me? You know, um, was I working through all my character defects, you know, as the year was going on? You know, was I able to ask for help when I needed it? You know, was I able to be of help to someone, you know, um, and then I, and, and am I continuing to put the work into my process? you know, that it needs to, you know, so that I can continue moving forward in my life, you know, That's so, so self-reflection is very important. Um, and then it gives, yeah. You know what? I, you know, I, and you it know, just, just gives you an opportunity. In, I remember when we were kids, they always did, there was a, there was a saying that says, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Remember that? That was like yes. the big, that was yes. the big thing. And I always think about that with self-reflection because, you know, the ability to be able to kind of stop look at where you're at in your life, where you're at in your recovery is so essential because it allows you to have growth. Like when you were out there and, you know, before, you know, the Anaz, before the recovery coach back trapped in the addiction, did you use self-reflection at all or did you run from it? Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. Because everything was suppressed. And, you know, those are one of the things that um, survival skills that you have when you're def definitely out, out there um, struggling in that lifestyle is suppressing, you know, your feelings. So there was no self-reflection. Like you said, something that was very important, how you run from yourself. But everywhere you run, there you are. You running right back into yourself. So not at all. Absolutely. Well, you know what? What was, I, I'd love to hear what you're, you know, we've been talking a lot on the Recovered Life show about, you know, Christina Dennis and I have a show 
that we do every week where we talk about kind of what's going on in our breakdowns and breakthroughs. And we do one on Clubhouse. If anyone who's listening has ever joins us there, you've, you've been to that one where we talk about the breakthroughs that we're having in recovery. And I think a lot yes. of people say, hey, you know, and Anaz, like, of course, like you always have breakthroughs because you're a recovery coach, but you probably rarely have breakdowns, right? Like, I think people are very unrealistic about like their own recovery. And I know like, just because you're sober doesn't mean that you're not going to have breakdowns and self-reflection is, is a great time when you have that breakdown to really take a look at what's going on and your role in it. Right. Yeah. So, and, and when I think I was on the show a couple of, maybe a couple of weeks ago, when we were talking about breaks down and breakthrough and the process is breakdowns and breakthroughs. That's the journey. That's the journey, the breakdowns and the breakthroughs, you know, um, and then the breakdown is really like a setup to help you break through of whatever you're going through. So I believe that the breakthroughs is important. The breakdowns make you stronger and the breakthroughs make you even more stronger. So it's just beautiful. The whole process, you know, nothing is roses. So it's just about that journey, you know, and it's a real positive journey, you know, but the breakdowns, it's just building you up. It's just making you stronger, basically. I mean, so many people, though, Anaz, I think run from any kind of conflict, any kind of breakdown. But like when I look back at my life, I don't know about you. And, you know, we, we've talked a lot, you know, via phone offline and through clubhouse and stuff. And I, I've realized it's like, those are the times where I actually grew, right? Like those are the times where I actually had to, I, you know, I think in sobriety had to use the power of self-reflection, right? Like that, you know, I had to use it because I had to get through to be able to see, okay, where do I need to go? If I'm feeling lost, you know, something in your own life, I know, um, you know, I'd, I'd love you to discuss like how you used self-reflection in 2023 to analyze, you know, 2022, like, and, and, you know, what, what's that process like for you as a sober coach and when you're working with other people and using self-reflection? Um, basically when you look at the trauma that, you know, cause a lot of us, uh, come from a background where there was a lot of trauma, you know, and I believe like, in spite of all the trauma, there is definitely um, tools that we have been using to basically get through, you know, um, like in the field that I am. Um, and I um, do counseling in the field of trauma. So me actually experiencing uh, my 17 year old son who was murdered in 2006 was traumatic for me. But um, down the line, God had started using me to counsel other women that had lost their child to gun violence. You know, so that was a self-reflection for me. Um, and I was able to stay strong and move forward without going backwards, you know, into addiction. So I was able to mentor other women and advocate, you know, for women who children were victim of crimes. So that was yeah. a big self-reflection moment in my life. You know, I, you know, that's such a powerful example. I mean, obviously that's a lot of trauma there. And, you know, I've heard you speak about that event and, I've, and then what happened, you know, um, you know, I, you know, what I'm wondering, what, what I always, what I always self-reflect on 
is, you know, sometimes we look, it's like, man, life can be very tough, right? It can be very hard. It can be very, very difficult. Yeah. And I think a lot of times when we get sober, we feel, well, you know what? The hard parts have, that's gone, right? And I think a lot mm -hmm. of people don't want to look at what's going on, self-reflection, you know, in their life yeah. and seeing what's going on. And they don't want to do an inventory in us because they feel like, it's going to bring something up and they're not going to be able to handle it in recovery. But what I found is it's like those, the things that people run from in recovery, the amends they don't want to make, the not looking at the real things of what's really going on with them is what brings them back out into addiction and relapse. Right. Yeah. That's absolutely true because I noticed that um, when we go into clubhouse and we talk about sensitive topics, um, it kind of like scares a lot of people away and they don't want to really talk about those topics, but those specific topics can be the things that they may be suppressing and keep them in that state of mind um, in addiction because they don't want to talk about that. And we said that somebody has to talk about that and that's how you get better. And it's like a womb. And I think we talked about it. Like when you get hurt and you cut yourself and it's a womb and it's open and you have to heal it, you know? So in order, they say nothing covered up gets healed. So if you continue to cover it up, you won't al allow it to get the air it needs to breathe how it needs to breathe and to get better with new skin forming on it. So that's how we, um, we talk about that, but a lot of people don't like talking about hurtful, painful, traumatic events in their lives because they're used to suppressing it and they don't want to deal with it. But those that go in and go deep as to the core root of what make them use, you know, the traumatic things that happen in their lives. Once you go in and do the work that you need to do so that you can sort through the contradiction and the confusion and everything and do that personal inventory, you're able to heal from, from that, you know, but a lot of people, it, it's really hard for people to do it, but it's, there are people that's doing it, you know, but it's really hard. It's a really sensitive topic. You know, I, I think, what I've learned, and this is just perception of my own life, right? Because I think so many times when we're looking at recovery, we're looking at our own experience if we're recovered, right? And, you know, the things in which I wasn't really willing to face at a year of sobriety, two years of sobriety, three years, 10 years of sobriety, it kind of was like an unfolding, almost like layers of an onion, right? Like there were times when I was able to deal with mm. things better. I just didn't have, you know, some, just to be really honest about it, I didn't have the emotional maturity at the time to really kind of face it. But I found that there is really no running from this stuff, right? Like there is no, you, yeah. you really can't <laughs> run from it. Like you can't outrun it. Right. Like, and I, I, I you know, and, and I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that because I think so much of the early recovery and getting sober process for people was people running, you know, flight, freeze, or fawn, as they say, into dealing with the traumas that they had mm -hmm. and being able to actually look at them in a objective way, right? To say like, hey, okay, yeah, mm -hmm. I did this, or I was involved in this, or I'm, I'm hurt in this particular area. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So and one thing about running is wherever you go, there you are. You know, um, they say you have to address your issues or your issues will address you. You know, so no matter you may try to go to another state and do different things, but it's still inside of you because you got to remember that there is things going on inside of you and around you 
you know, and in order to really uh, recover, you have to uncover. And that's the thing. Um, it's hard, you know, for people to uncover, you know, those traumatic events, you know. So it's like there's no running. Where are you going to go? Everywhere you go, there you are. There's no running. There you are. So you have to. Yeah, there you are. You know, so it's just like you have to address the issues because the issues will soon address you in different forms, in different forms, yeah. you know. And they said just like addiction is in all different forms. You know, you may not act out in the actual act of using, but you may act out in other areas of your life. That's going to bring you to having no choice but to use the actual substance in the end you know, when you can't take it no more, you know, from the behaviors, you know, so that's basically what it is. And, and I think it takes courage to go in, you know, when we hear so many different stories, our stories and people's stories that we hear, man, it takes a lot of courage to go on the inside, you know, I mean, when people first come and get their self together, they just want the pain to stop. That's all they want. They don't have no idea about the steps, the traditions and doing no work or sponsorship. All they just want is the pain to stop. And when they find out that they got to go on the inside and do work, then that's questionable. You know, it, yeah, it's absolutely. just really questionable when it gets to that part right there. You know what? Um, I, I think I, I think, you know, there's always this debate in Oz. There's always this debate. It's like, what's the easier, softer way? Right. And, you know, there are times where it appears that drinking or using drugs is the easier, softer way because the process in which going in depth and to really be able to look at who you really are, you know, the the bad, mm -hmm. but also the good, you know, like I always said, like if you've got a great coach like you or you have a great sponsor in a 12-step program, they're not only they're not only giving you some sort of feedback about who some of the things that aren't really optimal about you. They're also giving mm -hmm. some things that are pretty amazing about you too. And I think yes, if you don't have absolutely. the ability, right? If you don't have the ability to look at the stuff that's not so great, you don't really have the ability to reinvent yourself in your sober life with the stuff that's great. Right. That's right. And you know what? I was just reflecting back on um, when my first sponsor had did uh, a fourth step with me. And then she was saying about write down your um, your assets. Right. And when I wrote down a little bit of assets and she wrote down a whole list of things and these the things that she see in me that I didn't see in myself. So in this process, you don't only find out the things that you don't like about yourself that you want to change. You find out the good things. You're a good person. You're a good listener. You have a love for people. You're caring. You know, all these different good qualities that had got stuffed down because of using. You know what I'm saying? So you're not all. And just said when we come here, we don't find out that we were all that good or all that bad. So we all have good in us. Absolutely. You know what, Anaz, when we come back, I know you've gone through a lot of things in recovery, right? You talked about the death of your son. Uh, you know, other things have happened for you, you know, good and bad in recovery. I want to, I, I really, when we come back from this quick break, I want to dive into the process that you use and how you help other people get to that place where they can start doing self-reflection in themselves day by day. Right. Because mm -hmm. I do think it's learned. I, I really do. Like we were just talking about the good things, right? Most people are never yeah. going to really even think about that. I never, I know when somebody mm -hmm. said, Hey, you know, like there's a lot of opportunity. Cause I got sober in my twenties. It was like, there's a, you know, there's a lot of opportunity here for you to be able to do good in the world. Right. And I, I didn't see that. 
you know, cause I was just in a place where I felt broken and I knew I had to get out of that place. And I want to talk, you know, when we come back from this quick break in Oz, cause you're the person to do it, lead us through how that process mm-hmm. for you in self-reflection. So more about that. We're going to hear a Nas, how she does it after this quick break. We'll be right back. Are you tired of feeling alone in your struggles with dysfunction in your family? Are you ready to find practical solutions, healing, and community? Then join Meredith Wycliffe Wednesdays at 5 p.m. for Healing Within Dysfunctional Families. This one-hour peer support meeting is a safe and supportive space for deep conversation about the impact of dysfunction on our lives and how to find practical solutions and healing. Meredith understands firsthand the challenges and pain of growing up in a dysfunctional family, and she's here to help you find hope and healing. Together, we can overcome the challenges of our past and create a brighter future. To RSVP for Healing Within Dysfunctional Families, just visit recoveredlife.us and click on Find Your Group. Don't miss this opportunity for support, healing, and community. We'll see you this Wednesday at 5 p.m. You're listening to The Recovered Life Show. I am back with Naz Bilal. We are talking about the power of self-reflection in recovery how to use the new year as an opportunity to reflect on your progress and identity in areas of improvement. Anaz, okay, I promised everybody that when we came back, you were going to go over your process of what you use and what you use for other people. When they're, you know, somebody might be listening to this and they're like, man, you know what? I don't really want to look at myself because I'm afraid of what I'm going to find. I know you would say, Anaz, I know you will enough. You'd say, do it. You're going it, to, it's, it's, it's going to be worth it. But how do you do it? How do you start to look at yourself? First, um, first off, you have to be, and I know you heard this, and this is going all the way back to the beginning, like 20, 21 years back. First of all, you have to want to change. You have to have the desire, right? And you're going to have the desire, just having like this, the mustard seed of the desire to change, to do something different, you know, um, something totally different than what you've been doing, you know, to make the change. And that's why they say like each one teach one. So you surround yourself around people that's actually working the program and actually utilizing their process to help build their lives back together. And one thing you said earlier about the broken pieces, um, what you have the opportunity to do is put the broken pieces back together of your life and see how that unfolds, you know, and you just have to have the belief system, you know. So what I had was, I had a mentor, I had a sponsor, you know, and she had a lot of information, you know, she had a lot of information about um, changing her life around and what she did. So I followed her step, her footsteps and she made me in. So I made meetings. Um, she had other sponsees, so I connected with them, you know, and then uh, what happened is I wound up having sponsees too, you know, and then when I went to different um uh, meetings talking about what's going on with me. I was killing from the inside out, meaning I had to go there and share the, the ugly side of addiction, <clears throat> of what I didn't want you know, to share, but I needed that to grow. And I didn't know that that was the key. I did not know that was the key because I thought it was about 
leaving the mask on. But one thing we always say, the mask must go. Whatever you're going through, you need to talk about it. Talk about two people that care about you and people just like you, people that have been through what you've been through. So that's what we call support, support groups, you know, and that's what we do. And that's basically what I would suggest is that you really start going to support groups like these support groups on Recovered Life, Clubhouse support groups, you know, N-A-A-A-C-A, you know, whatever you need to do and just get in there and just listen. And even if you're afraid to talk, just listen and keep coming until you have the courage because it's so funny how because we do the the um, clubhouse every week and then now what's happening people that came in a while ago that used to just stay down in the bottom and listen now they're coming up to the audience and they're talking mean, up to the uh, stage and they're talking and they're expressing themselves and they needed people like us to come on and talk about the gory stuff so that they could have the courage to say well listen I I felt like that too you know what I'm saying? Like I did that too. And I thought I was this and that. And I found out that I'm not that bad. I'm found out like there's a reason that I'm here. You know, there's a reason that I'm yes. here, you know, and now they love it. And that they, that's all they talk about is changing up their lives, putting their broken pieces back together. And what an amazing process that it is. You know, what amazing process that it is. And that's the only thing we can do is just share. It's just about, you know, um, telling our life story, telling our story, how did we get from point A to point B in this process, you know, and how do we continue to move forward? And we were so happy about the new year coming in because look how we brought it in, right? And years and years ago, we wouldn't bring it in like that. We probably came rolling in, but we came, we came in strong, you know, we came in real, real strong. And then it's an opportunity to say like, wow, I can do it. You know, I can do it. If she can do it and she shared her story, then I know I can do it too. So that's basically the blueprint. The blueprint is just keep coming. Don't give up. That's the blueprint. Just keep coming and don't give up until you get the courage to talk about what's going on with you. Just make sure you stay around people and don't go around people that's using. Stay around people in the process of sobriety or recovery, you know, and just, you know, just follow those footsteps right there. You know, get you a sponsor, get you a mentor. You know, you don't have to do this alone. And that's one of the things they always talk about when they come up on um, on Friday nights. I'm going to I've been doing it alone. I haven't had anybody to walk this journey with me because I felt like no one wanted to walk this journey with me. But this is not even a journey that you walked through by yourself. That's why they say this is a we thing. It's not an I. You know, we can do something I cannot do alone. You always have help along that journey. Absolutely. You know what? I think the amazing thing about addiction recovery in Oz and you mentioned N.A., A.A., uh, you know, clubhouse recovered life. And there's a myriad of other things, coaches, therapists, sponsors. Yes. There's so many different avenues, right? But it always, it always brings us to this place of self-awareness of being able to look at ourselves objectively and to see the strengths mm -hmm. and the weaknesses. You know, one of the interesting things that I find about addiction is that many times people enter into recovery and it's because of alcohol or drugs have brought them down or codependency or, you know, eating or any kind of a gambling, any kind of addiction has brought them down. But the self-awareness ends up becoming later about other things, right? They know something's there. And yes, they deal with the addiction. They, they start to heal from that. 
but then they it then other things pop up that they realize that really had nothing to do necessarily with the drugs and alcohol or the gambling or whatever addiction it is it had to do with trauma like you were saying or other things mm -hmm. and that self realization mm -hmm. being able to look at yourself grows right i mean where has that grown in your life uh you know i know because you've had a long journey a lot has happened to you where do you feel that whole self-realization what have you learned about yourself and oz that you didn't know when you came into this process um first of all that i would stay <laughs> i would stay i didn't even see me staying that wasn't even a thought, you know, um, I had no idea what the process was even like or what it was about. Like I shared earlier uh, when we were talking that when we first come here, we just want the pain to stop. You know, that's the first, that's the goal. You know, um, what, what, what changed for me was when I began to do the work, when I began to do the necessary work to change, that's when the light bulb just came on. Like I want to continue feeling this way because there's a rewarding feeling that you feel when you actually do the work that's required for you to uh, make those changes, you know, in your life. So it was when I said, okay, I want to roll my sleeves up, you know, and I want to actually put the footwork in, you know, get with the step work, get to know who I am, you know, have the courage, you know, be around real nurturing uh, women, mentors, sponsors like that. So I think that's basically was the main goal was when you become willing to do the work. And that was early on. And the pivoting moment for me is when, like I shared earlier, my son was killed on February 17th. In February 20th, I celebrated five years clean wow. in 2006, right? And this was three days after Right. And, you know, that's freshly new. Like when you first in there, your first couple of years, you're just like so freshly new. So by that time, that was the moment that I said, you know what, I'm in it. I'm in this. You know, I, I'm not leaving. You know, I'm staying here and I'm going to push through. And that's exactly what happened. Even, you know, having the support from other people that was in a fellowship, they walked me through that journey, you know, um, and that could have been a time where I could have just threw the towel in. There's a lot of people that throw the talent when they have to bury their loved ones and they just can't take that type of pain, you know? So that was the moment for me when I knew that I really wanted to be here. And I finally found a place where I feel like I will be for a long time. Yeah. That breakthrough to know, it's like, you know what, I can do this. I can stay sober. I can do it long-term and, um, and, and, and I'm an active yeah. participant in it, right? Like I'm an active participant in it. Things aren't just happening to me. I can yeah. make a choice mm -hmm. and I want to stay sober long-term. Anaz yeah. uh, Bilal, thank you so much for coming on the Recovered Life Show today. Super inspirational. I can't wait to have you back. Guys, if you want to know more about Anaz, if you want to work with Anaz, if you want to talk with her, we've got an amazing Recovered Life page. We're going to put links here so that you can contact her, find out more about her and the work that she does. Anaz, final thoughts here. If anybody's sitting listening to this and- Oh, yes, listen, courage. look, this is, the, this is the final thought. I opened up a mental health agency, right? Called Seeds of New Beginnings, right? And we do substance use help and mental health help for people. So that was the, that, that's like 
beyond my wildest dream. I never thought that I would do, I would reach that type of goal, but that's the blessing. So it's like lost dreams awaken and new possibility arises in this process. Like you, I'm telling you, it's definitely a journey that has been definitely worth it. So those are my thoughts. This is a journey that you are definitely going to love and you'll have help along the way. You don't have to do this alone. Oh, and uh, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Keep the conversation going. Join Recovered Life, a community of like-minded people who are looking to live their best recovered lives. Membership is free, and you can apply at recoveredlife.us.